Hey Sandra, where would you rather go on vacation? Europe or a Walmart parking lot? Or maybe an RV park is more your speed. Uh, obviously Europe. Who would choose to visit a Walmart parking lot as a leisure activity? <laughs> Clarence Thomas. That's what he said in a documentary uh, financed by his sugar daddy, GOP megadonor Harlan Crow. <laughs> I bet he had just returned from one of his half-million-dollar vacations in an exotic country. I mean, the nerve! (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Doobie friends. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Neil, and welcome to all our listeners. Today on UBS, we're talking about Clarence Thomas and his jet-set lifestyle. (laughs) All sponsored by his billionaire buddy and GOP megadonor Harlan Crow the Dallas real estate mogul. Obviously, the ethics and legality of not disclosing these luxurious trips is now in the news. Yes, a very hot topic, and we must thank ProPublica for this scoop. Uh, They dug into the activity of one named Clarence Thomas and found some very disturbing things. Now, everyone knows that Thomas, along with his departed pal, Anthony Scalia, would make appearances at retreats for conservative megadonors organized by the Koch brothers and their ilk, but journalists uh, Joshua Kaplan, Justin Elliott, and Alex Mierjeski put out a report that suggests Thomas is not just a regular on the right-wing Richie Rich circuit. No, Clarence has a sugar daddy, as we said. (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, we're laughing, but it's not really funny because... We have a six to three conservative majority on the Supreme Court that stripped millions of American women of their abortion rights. And that's just getting started. That's not counting all the other groups of people that they hate. So when judges turn political and when they're in the pocket of one party, the uh, whole integrity of the judicial system is destroyed. And this has life and death consequences for a lot of people. Exactly. And in the past, such acts as receiving expensive gifts by public officials were not only, you know, frowned upon, but they were punished by law. In 2014, for example, a jury had convicted McDonald, the former Virginia governor, on 11 counts after he and his wife accepted vacations, a Rolex, uh, designer clothes, and other things from a businessman looking for the state's help to peddle his tobacco-based dietary supplements. So kind <laughs> Are you of- <laughs> kidding me? Like, no. like, what? Is it if you smoke cigarettes, you don't get hungry? That is true. I can verify. <laughs> <laughs> Don't promote unhealthy <laughs> lifestyles. <laughs> but on the on a serious note now, there were some extortion and conspiracy charges too for McDonald, and he was supposed to go to prison. But as soon as the Republicans hijacked the Supreme Court, they overturned this conviction. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> the Supreme Court ruled unanimously in his favor back in June of 2016. It was eight to zero because McConnell was holding a seat hostage as part of his assault on the uh, Constitution's separation of powers. That former Virginia Governor Bob McDonald's conviction on corruption charges should be overturned on the basis that federal prosecutors had used a boundless definition of what kinds of acts might constitute bribery. Wow, so they got confused over semantics. I mean, if you're a public official or a judge and you get Rolexes and fancy vacations and couture and like, I don't know, high-end gifts to facilitate certain businesses over others, that's f***ing bribery. There's nothing unclear about that, right? Pretty much. That situation is similar to what we're discussing today. 
except that the extent and frequency of Crow's gifts to Clarence Thomas have no known precedent in the modern history of the U.S. Supreme Court, plus the variety of gifts he received from cash, batteries, tires, even to a $19,000 book and personal checks to help pay for a relative's education. Yeah, that's a big variety, <laughs> right? And not to mention the weird, highly exclusive all-men retreat named Bohemian Grove, where Justice Thomas was, of course, a guest at the invitation of Harlan Crow. Bohemian Grove visitors, they're a very select group of politicians and captains of industry. They have all been rumored to kind of like roam around naked in the woods uh, or in robes. I knew that was coming. I knew it. (laughs) They would drink a lot and urinate on trees. (laughs) Well, I mean, let's let's say that uh, self-hating, as we have discussed before, is a feature of the far right. So we'll go through all of that. We've got a lot of crazy stuff lined up. Hating the nature too, I guess. (laughs) Yes. Well, maybe it's because those trees are so much taller than they are, but... In any case, where does Clarence Thomas really like to go on vacation, and what are the details of these luxury trips? Well, let's start with Indonesia and the Michaela Rose Yacht. Clarence Thomas's sugar daddy gifted him and his wife Jeannie an amazing vacation, which involved traveling through the Indonesian islands on the Michaela Rose. The yacht features four cabins that can accommodate up to eight guests, and the cabins include obviously a master suite, a VIP cabin, two twin cabins, all very high-end. The Rose also has a modern and elegant exterior design, very sleek, you know, it's a luxury act with numerous outdoors living spaces. It has a dining area, a very spacious lounge, you know, with jacuzzi on the main deck, a sunbathing area, a bar, another dining area on the upper deck. So, like, we're not going to get into details, but, you know, it's a luxury act. And according to ProPublica, this little excursion was estimated to be worth over $500,000. Well, that's depressing. I mean... <laughs> I think the nicest vacation I ever took was to Savannah, Georgia, in a tiny airplane that uh, sat like four people, and it cost like five grand, not five hundred grand, and I had to pay for it. Uh, nobody gifted me. <laughs> yeah, and you flew it, you know, because you'd like so that cut the costs anyway. <laughs> exactly. Know? So, uh, and since you mentioned Jenny, reminding everybody, we have an entire episode about the Thomases, in particular Jenny Thomas. And all the shady things she's been doing with the help and uh, financial support, of course, from like weird cults, special interest groups, uh, basically looking to rewrite the American Constitution and make us a permanent right wing state. It's called Justice Thomas's Wife, Why This Jenny Must Be Put Back in the Bottle. Right. And the right-wingers keep saying deep state, but if there's a deep state, here you guys have it. It's the Thomases and Leonard Leo and their gang of religious extremist right-wing groups and organizations. And Neil was not joking when he said they want to end democracy and the constitution. It's literally what they are working on. They want to call for a constitutional convention to rewrite the constitution in the MAGA image. Initially, we thought there's no way this can happen, but nobody thought Roe versus Wade would be overturned either. So... And so far, 19 states joined the movement for a constitutional convention, something that never happened before, ever. We have an episode about this too. It's called Blowing Up Democracy. And fair warning, it's scary stuff. And the Thomas's prints are all over this too. And it can come true. The math is there. 
Speaking of math and numbers, Clarence Thomas doesn't seem to know how to count very well. He has reported receiving only two gifts since 2004. (laughs) (laughs) Our little Clarence has a history of getting expensive presents. In fact, he stopped reporting some of the gifts only after the Los Angeles Times in 2004 wrote that he received gifts worth tens of thousands of dollars over the prior six years. The title of the article was Justice Thomas Reports Wealth of Gifts. Uh, We'll drop the link in the episode notes. This is what the article says. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas has accepted tens of thousands of dollars worth of gifts since joining the High Court, including 1,200 worth of tires, valuable historical items, and a $5,000 personal check to help pay for a relative's education expenses. The gifts also included a Bible once owned by the 19th century author and abolitionist leader Frederick Douglass, which Thomas valued at $19,000 and a bust of President Lincoln valued at $15,000. He also took a free trip aboard a private jet to the exclusive Bohemian Grove Club in Northern California, arranged by a wealthy Texas real estate investor who helped run an advocacy group that filed briefs with the Supreme Court. And this is where my dubimeter alarms go off. That's why Clarence Thomas stopped reporting the gifts, because the press caught wind of this ongoing impropriety and started writing about it. And because Clarence Thomas knows full well what he's doing is unethical at best and illegal at worst, he just stopped reporting the pricey gifts altogether. And in that 2004 article, Harlan Crow, besides being a wealthy real estate guy, also runs an advocacy group that filed briefs with the Supreme Court. You don't have to have legal training to understand that there's a conflict there. But here's our boy Harlan Crow again, the private jets and high-end vacations too. As we all know, flying on a private jet is not exactly budget-friendly. We're talking about thousands of dollars per hour. But Clarence doesn't seem to mind using Harlan's private jet, despite publicly stating his preference for camping in an RV with his family. (laughs) Yes, or visiting Walmart parking lots. We'll get there in a minute. (laughs) While the cost of flying privately, it might vary depending on several factors. But look, it's not ethical for a U.S. Supreme Court justice to accept Uh, private jet rides from someone who is known for pushing a single party's political agenda or anybody else with any political involvement of any kind, really, Uh, especially massive donations to a single political party. Yes, it's common sense. Now, let's talk prices. Neil, you know how to fly planes. You know more about this industry than me. So how expensive is it, really? So for a family to fly on a small private jet, I mean, we're talking like a citation or a phenom. These seat four to six and bags are going to be limited. You're still talking about $5,000 per hour. Um, If you want to take 10 to 12 people somewhere, you're probably going to be in the neighborhood of 10 to $15,000 per hour. And that's not counting all of the other things that go with. There's going to be a fee when you land. There's going to be a hangar fee if it needs to be parked inside overnight. There's going to be a handling fee to get the ground crew to park it. There's going to be, you know, fees to the office that arranges for a rental car when you get there. And there's going to be a fee for the caterer to put food in there for the flight home. Everything has a fee. So this is 
not what everyday people do. This is for people who can throw away 50 grand for a weekend trip. They rent a private jet to fly private. Okay, well, Harlan Crow offered Thomas his Bombardier Glober 5000 jet. So I guess that's like a big jet, like the most expensive type, I think. That's what you would fly in if you were buying a ticket to, say, fly from one small city in the U.S. to another small city in the U.S. So, yes, that is not cheap at all. If Thomas had chartered the plane and the 162-foot yacht by himself, the total cost of the trip probably could have exceeded the $500,000 price tag quoted in the article. Fortunately for him, that wasn't necessary. He was on a vacation funded by his sugar daddy, who owned the jet and the yacht, too. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know what I always say, right? You can ignore your trauma and hope it disappears, but the only way forward is to deal with it. Life keeps throwing curveballs at all of us. Fireballs, speedballs, too many balls. (laughs) And when you're overwhelmed, you're not at your best and it affects your interactions with the people you care about. So how do you deal with it all? Call your therapist like I do. Yes, dupe friends, I'm a BetterHelp happy customer. I've been using their services since way before we even started this podcast. I can attest to the fact that Sandra is, uh, shall we say, a much lovelier person to be around. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Also, my therapist will love hearing that. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, it's affordable, it's flexible, and most importantly, it's entirely online. And you'll get 10% off of your first month if you sign up at betterhelp.com dubious, or just click that link in the episode notes. Yes, and then you can talk to your therapist whenever and however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. So do yourself a favor, take care of your mental health, because when you feel empowered, you are prepared to take on everything life throws at you. Visit betterhelp.com dubious to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash dubious. I think it's important to highlight uh, the fact that Thomas has accepted luxury trips virtually every year from the Dallas businessman without disclosing them for more than 20 years. Thomas is a public servant who has a salary of $285,000 a year, but he has vacationed on Crow's super yacht around the globe. And he flies on Crow's, you know, massive jet. He has gone with Crow to the Bohemian Grove, the exclusive California all-male retreat. And also Thomas goes to Crow's sprawling ranch in East Texas yearly. And he typically spends about a week every summer at Crow's private resort in the Adirondacks too. So an all-male retreat. What are we on here? Like 1962? (laughs) (laughs) I know. We have more on Bohemian Grove in a bit. Uh, It's the one where they urinate in nature, apparently together sometimes. I I, I don't even want to get into it, but I was thrown by the all-male part of this too. Our boy Clarence likes to go back in time and with his Supreme Court buddies secretly remunerated by the GOP, he's dragging us all back in time, straight to the Dark Ages. I mean, it's already started, you know, the abortion ban. Anyway, where was I going with this? 
Ah, yes, going back in time, you said 1962. Well, it's actually the 1900s because as it turns out, one of these vacation destinations preferred by Thomas, Camp Topridge, is a historic resort located in those mountains I can barely pronounce in New York State. And this resort was designed to be a luxurious retreat for a very wealthy socialite and her guests. And it was used for many high-end society events during the early 1900s. The socialite's name was Marjorie Merriweather Post. She was very wealthy and also a businesswoman. And the camp is known for its grand rustic architecture, stunning natural setting on the shores of Upper St. Regis Lake. Either way, Camp Top Ridge is very high-end place to go vacation. It has a main lodge, a lot of buildings, guest cabins, a bowling alley, a lot of things. And is owned by our boy Harlan Crow and is occasionally used for events. And the home also features three boathouses, a clay tennis court, 25 fireplaces, batting cage, and drums, please, a replica of Harry Potter's Hagrid hut. <laughs> what an angry I'm sure. <laughs> exactly what I said. But look, in fairness, if I were filthy rich, Maybe I'd build a movie-themed room or something too. I don't know, something funky and special. I don't know. I mean, I could see myself doing something crazy like that. Uh, funky and special like our ad-free content. Yes, yes. Our listeners can claim all our episodes ad-free if they become patrons. Do be friends, if you want to support us and enable us to bring new content every week, please become a patron on dubiouspot.com by clicking the link in the episode notes right here in the app you're listening to us in. It's cheaper than a fancy coffee and you get all our content with no commercials, no ads. But not drama-free, only ad-free. Yes, we love drama. Drama is life. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Sambat life, particularly the lavish life of Clarence Thomas, what uh, is most disturbing is not that it's just wrong, uh, illegal, and uh, rather infuriating. It's the hypocrisy, too. According to Esquire, in Thomas's public appearances over the years, he has presented himself as this sort of every man with modest tastes, while in a recent interview for a documentary about his wife, which Crow helped pay for, by the way, Thomas said, I don't have any problem with going to Europe, but I prefer the United States, and I prefer seeing the regular parts of the United States. I like RV parks. I prefer the Walmart <laughs> parking lots to the beaches and things like that. There's something normal to me about it. I come from regular stock, and I prefer that. I prefer being around that. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say it again, the nerve, the audacity. But look, that's Republicans for you, and let's make no mistake. Uh, Clarence Thomas is a political pawn for the GOP, and I know people probably don't think this, but I would say the same thing if he was, you know, a political pawn for the Democrats. But what's even worse is that he's a Supreme Court justice, and his wife Jeannie, honestly, she's the same, they deserve each other. Listen to our Jeannie episode, it's beyond what you imagine, trust me. By the way, Neil, you were saying something yesterday about Jeannie Thomas's illegal use of volunteers uh, when we were on the phone. I think we didn't have time to cover that in the Jeannie episode. There was too much dark to go through. Yeah, this is also near Dallas. So Sandra and I both lived in the Dallas area at one point, and a few years Unfortunately. ago... Unfortunately. <laughs> well, a few years ago... Um, there was a controversy after the mass shooter that shot up the El Paso Walmart was discovered to be from the area that Sandra and I both lived in. And as it turns out, 
the high school there had a sport shooting course that they offered for like public high school credit. And so being the curious person I am, I Freedom of Information Act requested all of the course materials from the high school course. And it turns out that the teacher of the high school class was illegally providing a book written by Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA to high school students. Everybody who makes fun of right-wingers on Twitter is surely familiar with Charlie Kirk. Uh, when I say this was high comedy, it was high comedy. The person who wrote the foreword to this book advertised himself as this sort of mountain man from South Dakota who used to carry his shotgun with him when he went to school every day as an elementary school student and shoot birds on the way and keep them in his locker at school and then bring them home and cook them when he got home. And all of that is great, except he is the son of an insurance company executive from Chicago, and he owns a jewelry store that he inherited in the Chicago suburbs. It is all complete fabrication. And all of this, as it turns out, upon further digging, was paid for by the Dallas Safari Club, who was also sending this teacher on private jet rides to Africa to go on hunting trips and hang out in countries that have been overrun with American evangelicals that influenced their politics as well. So wait, 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 just to summarize up to here, basically you uncovered the fact that children in school in the uh, Dallas area that we lived in were basically indoctrinated by a teacher who was passing this book around and giving this nonsense to children. And turns out the whole story in the book was false anyway. But the point is, this indoctrination, so to speak, or grooming with guns and stuff was funded by the Safari Club. Yes. And it goes even further than that, because the reason why this was illegal was because of a law that Republicans passed. So Republicans for years have been uh, sending people from out of state to move to Texas to run for school board elections there. And it's because Texas is so big that their school book purchasing power affects school textbooks everywhere else in the country. There have been news stories about this for years. And the law made it illegal for a high school teacher to provide textbooks to students that were not approved by the school board curriculum or funded outside of the school board's budget. So they broke their own law in this case, which is very funny to me. And the way this gets all back to Clarence and Jenny Thomas is that it came out later that Jenny Thomas was using the volunteers of the same political organization, Turning Point run by Charlie Kirk, the one responsible for the book that was given to the high school students in our town, she was using his volunteers to run political campaigns and political events, which is also expressly against the rules of the IRS. You cannot have political volunteers work for a nonprofit. If you do, the nonprofit's nonprofit status can be revoked. But I gave you three guesses on whether that happened or not to Clarence and Jenny Thomas. Obviously not. So Obviously basically, not, right. yeah. So basically, I guess what we learned from this, and good job on the investigation, Neil, to be honest, <laughs> maybe we should do an episode about that too, because you, you worked hard and you got the FOIA request and all that stuff. I think what we need to take from this is how deep 
these organizations that Jeannie and uh, Clarence have connections with, how deep they run and how they are, you know, attacking every level of society, starting with like the children, right? Because you want to model them when they're young. So it's indoctrination. Exactly. It's, I mean, it's really scary. But I guess the conclusion is these two, Jeannie and her husband, are as bad that they come. What do you want to bet that Harlan Crow is a member of the Dallas Safari Club? I mean, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that's almost surely the case. There was also a rumor about Don Jr. being associated with the Dallas Safari Club, too. You know, he's big into that stuff. So, oh, yeah. anyways, like, that's the point. They're bad for democracy. But what I'd argue is that Clarence Thomas is maybe worse than Jeannie simply because of his professional status. So kudos to ProPublica because they brought the political judge discussion full circle by highlighting a commission painting that hangs in one of Harlan Crow's real estate holdings. And guess what the painting depicts? What? Nothing will surprise me at this point. <laughs> the picture shows Harlan Crow and Clarence Thomas smoking cigars and chatting it up with Leonard Leo. The Federalist Society capo, the same guy who <laughs> Trump handed over the business of repopulating the Supreme Court. They're like a mafia, yes. I mean, kudos to you for using the term capo. It's really fitting in this context, and it's scary because these people don't have an issue with breaking the law. Uh, but what does the law say exactly about gifts if you're, let's say, a Supreme Court justice? The Ethics and Government Act of 1989 prohibits all federal employees, including the Supreme Court justices, from accepting anything of value from a person with official business before them. However, under the rules that the federal judicial system adopted to implement that law, judges are free to accept gifts of unlimited value from people without official business before the court. So they basically exempted themselves. Yeah, so... Technically, though, because Harlan Crow is not a defendant or a prosecutor in front of the court, Thomas can accept gifts. But Harlan does run an advocacy group that files brief with the Supreme Court, not to mention everybody knows his role in the GOP financing them. So, I mean, there's a clear conflict of interest here, and Thomas shouldn't have accepted anything. And the fact that he didn't report these lavish trips and so on, just that fact in itself is proof to me that he knows what he's doing is not legal, right, ethical, moral, whatever you want to call it. Obviously, to anybody who looks at these things, and this is why, incidentally, the Republican justices on the Supreme Court were very concerned with treating corporations separately from their managers and their board members because they have a vested interest in this. I mean, why would somebody do that? Give a gift to Clarence Thomas unless there's a payback, unless they're really close friends. The only reason to give anything to a Supreme Court justice is to influence the decisions of that Supreme Court justice. Exactly. Now, the Times reviewed the disclosures of all nine justices for the years 1998 through 2003, the only period of time for which disclosure forms were still on file at court, and they reported receiving cash, which they usually gave to charity, most of them. But, you know, they kept or used various valuable items, mementos and club memberships. Now, in that six-year period, Thomas accepted $42,200 in gifts, making him the top recipient. 
So he's proficient at this in corruption, jets, yachts, exclusive retreats. He's the top dog. <laughs> it looks that way, yes. I think our listeners uh, would like to hear more about the retreat you mentioned. The one where uh, dudes walk around naked and pee on trees. Like, I don't know. Is this like a teenage boy thing? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's incredible. It's incredibly stupid, I would say. But yeah, it's called Bohemian Grove. And it's a remote 2,700 acre camp in the Monterio Redwoods in California. And this site is home to a controversial two-week-long party happening yearly and it's kind of like a gathering of political leaders sometimes including presidents and as we mentioned before captains of industry so it's held in july and the list of attendees and what goes on inside the heavily guarded encampment is top secret like nobody knows exactly who goes there but we can only speculate the press saw some of them throughout the years but the stories of who is attending these parties their antics and traditions have kind of leaked out a little bit in the last 10 years or so. So who owns the Bohemian Grove? Well, San Francisco Chronicle did a great job reporting on this. Uh, and here's what we know. San Francisco's secretive Bohemian Club, founded in 1872 by five newspapermen, a Shakespearean actor, a vintner, and a local merchant, owns the Redwood Retreat. The club reportedly has about 2,500 members, as well as a six-story brick clubhouse at the corner of Post and Taylor Streets. Now, club representatives insist that the non-profit organization is dedicated to the simple enjoyment of music, literature, and drama. <laughs> well, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> Obviously. While the goings-on behind the fences of Bohemian Grove are secret and well-guarded, there are rumors that what they're doing there uh, includes skits and performances, and they do have an opening ceremony every year. It's called the Cremation of Care. The aim, I guess, as far as we understand, is to banish the concerns of the modern world and focus on the trees and nature. <laughs> <laughs> Which, How many I of mean, these guys own coal mines? <laughs> yes, exactly. Or like oil, they're involved heavily, yes. like oil and gas. Yes. Yeah. Now, during their time at the Grove, the men stay in rustic cabins and they've been rumored to roam around as we said, naked, sometimes naked, sometimes in robes, do number one on trees, which I can't, I don't understand, drink profusely and tell politically sensitive tales, all in the spirit of uh, male bonding. <laughs> as far as we can understand, the main source of controversy has been the exclusion of women from the annual event. But Bohemian Grove also has been hounded by a host of conspiracy theories and criticized for perpetuating a culture of elitism and exclusivity. In 2019, the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors voted to stop providing security services to the annual encampment by its sheriff's office at cost, as it had done for the last 15 years. So the richest men on earth get to have annual drinking parties with security paid for by people's money, like our taxes. I mean, I can't believe that the local police were guarding the retreat until 2019. That's like, what, three, four years ago? And probably only stopped because of bad press. <laughs> you know, and all this reminds me, this has been probably a decade ago. But when Russia Today was first becoming an American sort of political media empire, they did a story in which 
they reported on another sort of camping area in the Redwoods in California as if it was some sort of like secretive California Democrat retreat that there was all this weird stuff going on there. And it may have been to try to deflect from Bohemian Grove. And it's like their evidence for how nefarious things were going on in this place was that there was a small like sort of country airport and it had a Piper Navajo sitting out in front of it. And I understand. That's a plane. Yes, it's a plane. And I understand people listening to this are not all aviation people, but I assure you, no billionaire is flying in a Piper Navajo. A Piper Navajo is like from the early 1970s. It is uh, a piece of junk and nobody with any money is flying one of those anywhere. So, and we all laughed at it. We thought, eh, this is funny. Look at how dumb these Russians are. But that may have been the idea was to deflect from Bohemian Grove the whole time. And they were just not very good at it. So, yeah, that's entirely possible. I mean, Russia today is still, you know, yes, pretty much yes. runs from they the were still learning. Yeah. They were still learning at the time. So, yeah, and you know. they're still trying to like present themselves as, as like independent and, you know, kind of like Americanized, like you said. Of but, course, yeah. of course. And yeah. it's all for the right wingers. So, anyways. <laughs> Here are the gifts we know Clarence Thomas received up until 2004. Since then, he's only reported two, the Bible and the bust of Abraham Lincoln that we mentioned before. So total value of all this is $42,200. He got the $19,000 Bible from a Republican donor. He's got the $15,000 Lincoln bust from the American Enterprise Institute. He's got a $5,000 cash gift from a mobile home enthusiast. <laughs> $1,200 worth of tires from the trucking executive, $1,200 batteries from former law clerks. I don't even know how you can spend $1,200 on batteries, but okay. Yeah. And he got an $800 jacket from the Daytona 500 race. I mean, look, and these are just the gifts that he has reported, but it's so embarrassing. I mean, look, cash, batteries, tires. And the jacket? I mean, if this is the moral quality or like of a Supreme Court justice, we are doomed. These gifts are saying to me, I have no moral compass. I'm going to accept anything. I give mean, me tires, give me batteries, <laughs> give me a jacket. This is... Five grand in cash, $1,200 worth of tires, uh, some batteries, and a Daytona 500 jacket. That is as every man as you can get if you're just like, hey, give me five grand... Uh, some tires, a new battery, and one of those uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. jackets, and I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know, I'm assuming the batteries were probably like car batteries, right? Or like... It's like hiring a meth head out of the Home Depot yes. parking lot to move your couch or something. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ah. <laughs> uh. And then again, the hypocrisy, you know, the lack of ethics of uh, what's going on here. So... Clarence Thomas says about the trips paid by Harlan Crow that they are personal hospitality and not business. <laughs> Harlan and Kathy Crow are among our dearest friends, he says, and we've been friends for over 25 years. As friends do, we have joined them on a number of family trips. Give me a f I, I I don't know. He has so much nerve, but look, he's also trying to put blame on others. This is what he says next. Early in my tenure at the court, I sought guidance from my colleagues and others in the judiciary and was advised that this sort of personal hospitality from close personal friends 
who did not have business before the court was not reportable. I mean, we said this before, but Harlan Crow does run an advocacy group that, you know, briefs with the Supreme Court. So he's directly involved and also he's, you know, indirectly there's a conflict of interest just because he's such a huge GOP donor. And I'm sure a Supreme Court justice is able to see the huge elephant in the room here, the problem. But, you know, I guess he chooses to lie and deflect. Well, we know the Thomases like uh, $5,000 wines, so are we surprised? Clarence Thomas uh, is honestly the biggest disgrace on the Supreme Court, that's for sure. Yeah, he's dubious as f- the perfect villain, fits our format perfectly, like, you know, dubious. <laughs> These are the people we talk about on the podcast, and Clarence Thomas is the dubious poster boy. <laughs> so what's the dubimeter for this episode from 1 to 10? I think I'll go with nine because, as you said, are we surprised? No, no I mean, not really. I mean, look, we are. I am. I was surprised by the tires and the batteries and the jacket, and just keep in mind that those are the things he reported. Okay, the very few things he reported. So we don't know the full extent. And then you have all the luxury. You know, we're talking probably millions of dollars over the years in luxury trips and stuff like that. But I didn't see the batteries coming. I didn't see the tires coming. Okay, <laughs> and I didn't see the urinating on the trees with a bunch of tech bros. I didn't see that one coming either. <laughs> well. That's all we've got for today, everybody. If you like us, please recommend us to your friends and family. Yes, please do. Personal recommendations are the best recommendations. We are at Dubious Pod on social media. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. We love you to be friends. <laughs>